welcome Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Kitty Pride Seymour, with your other host, Richard Furball Geiger. I was going to go with Tigra. But You're going to go with Tigra. You know, everybody, Tigra's underrated. I mean, really, more than anything else, but that's a different discussion. Uh, if you are wondering why the feline references, it is as of this recording, uh, we have been bombarded with commercials for the new movie coming out for Cats. We are both so excited for this film that I cannot state the, the, the level of just joy that I will have in never watching that film. Yes, I was thinking of the word vomit myself, but oh. that's neither here nor there. And that, that was one remake I was not really looking forward to. But I digress. Our episode today has nothing to do with theater uh, or theater as it becomes movies or uh, the millionth incarnation of people wearing leotards with bits of tuft uh, attached to it and trying to call it uh, something worth watching. Um, is there there's there, there's nothing in our discussion that pertains to cats? Uh, well, I, I don't really think so. Not not in a direct form, anyway. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to call that no. Instead, what we will be talking about is one of our favorite subjects: the comic book movie. We are continuing our trek, our journey throughout time, where we have come upon the year of 2005. Now, 2005 is a huge spike in comic book movies. There are just a ton. In fact, there are so many that we're not going to be able to cover them all in a single episode. It We wouldn't be able to touch on it enough to matter whatsoever. Uh, so we're going to break it into two pieces, do, I believe, seven in the first episode and six in the second, or the other way around, depending upon how we feel like it at the time. But uh, because of that, we are also going to go a slightly different order. We normally start with stuff that we haven't seen, progress to the stuff we maybe didn't like so much, and then end up with the things that really impacted us the most. But if we did that, this first episode would be just stuff we haven't seen and stuff we didn't like. So we're going to we're going to break it up just a little bit so we have some good stuff thrown in there too, right? Speaking of things we didn't like, Catwoman 2004. <laughs> right, that was one year previous. Um for those of you that are new to this particular type of episode, uh, and you might say to yourself, what is a comic book movie? Well, in our definition, a comic book movie is unsurprisingly a movie based upon a comic book. But more specifically, it is a comic that has never had an audio or visual counterpart before the comic was made. So it can't have been a radio show or a television show before it was made into a comic and then into a movie. It can, however be a television movie uh, it can have been a book before it was a comic book so there are all sorts of uh, little rules and if you want to try and challenge us on one we would love to see your responses on any of our social media which we'll touch back on later you used to reference uh, gi joe in that well you know for some of those individuals that have listened to this series uh, i don't know how many times they can listen to the gi joe reference <laughs> before it gets a little old um, yeah, but we'll kind of just jump into it. Um, obviously, spoiler heavy. And if you haven't seen it by now, these are 14-year-old films. I, I can't I can't have too much sadness for, for breaking any information mm -hmm. out here. Well, let us begin at the very beginning. We will begin with a couple of films that neither of us have seen. And uh, 
so can't really comment too much on, but we're just going to make sure that we mention that they were there. And I will wager that both of these are probably unknown to the vast majority of people. So let us start with Night Vale. Night Vale came out in 2005 and it was based on the comic of the same name. Uh, the comic was back from 1983 by Bill Black and Mark, I believe, Heike. Uh, and if I'm wrong on that, I apologize profusely. But if you have listened to our program before, you know I'm going to mangle some names. Um, and it means nothing because I have the utmost respect for the people that have attempted to create something to entertain us. Kudos to everybody. Now, I think the official title, because we know we want to make sure that everybody r- right. watches this movie, um, is Go Night Vale. Witch War? Yes, exactly. We're not really sure. It's uh, Night Vale Witch War. Uh, and directed, actually, by the uh, artist of the original comic. Um, the cast, if you look this up on IMDb, is filled with people that I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I have nothing to say on this at all. And scene. So let's move on to something else. Let's let's go something a little more interesting um, or at least something we can talk about. Uh, another film that neither of us have seen came out in 2005. This was a television uh, movie. It was called Global Frequency. Now, Global Frequency was a comic, again, of the same name. Uh, this was by Warren Ellis, but it was one of those kind of... Uh, series where they changed the artist in every single comic so the first one was gary leach but after that it was always something different and it was part of the wildstorm uh company now were you familiar with wildstorm wildstorm no no so do you remember the whole thing that happened uh where a bunch of artists left uh the major companies and started up image Mm-hmm. I do remember that, yes. Well, this was kind of related to that. Uh, Wildstorm was kind of a splinter off of off of Image as a separate company. Hmm. But, you know, same kind of thought. The artists made their own company, and that was one of those big ones at that time. Um, now, this was from 2002. Uh, the movie was actually directed by Nelson McCormick. Um, now, I don't know if you are familiar with Nelson McCormick. I, I, I have a funny feeling that most of our listeners may not be exactly familiar but if you take a look at this dude he has done a ton of stuff mostly in television and and a variety of episodes but he has done a couple movies right prom night right and you like those horror films right you do hey i like them (laughs) (laughs) cheesy horror films are fantastic and prom night definitely falls in that uh, category um i uh i preferred prom morning personally and you've, well, you've got everything to look forward to, and you haven't been disappointed by the fact that you thought that something was going to be special, and it turned out to be just a, a, a bowl full of punch and some balloons. And I don't think we have punch. I don't remember. I'm just going off of every movie that I've ever seen. If there's a problem, there has to be a punch. That's ball. true, and some some streamers and balloons. Maybe a um, they're in the gym, and there's a stage, and there's a, a band playing. Cover songs. Absolutely. Possibly somebody that's fading from view or uh, turning into a werewolf. I don't know. The usual. <clears throat> the usual. Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting thing seeing him in, uh, being responsible for this. He also did a film called Stepfather, which was also kind of cheesy goodness. Um, 
there was a, a decent cast behind this. I kind of feel silly for not having seen it because it's got uh, Michelle Forbes in it. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but uh, she's been in a bunch of big shows. Uh, the new Treadstone show that's out, uh, the Powers television show, True Blood. True Blood. That's what I remember her from. All right. Prison Break, Hunger Games, the second one. Uh, now, the second Hunger Games, oh, that would explain why my headphones were going in and out for a moment. I decided to lean on my headphone jack. I was confused a little bit there. Like, is the computer breaking down? What's going on here? It, it's done that. You know, we are. You know, never mind. Yeah, well, we'll, we're going to have an entire episode at one point just about all the technical difficulties that we've run into just trying to get the most basic of functionality to operate. You want two microphones? No. (laughs) These are two of the same microphone. So they are one microphone. No, they're two. No, I swear they're they're one microphone. Um, But anyway, uh, Amy Garcia, who I just absolutely adore, who's on Lucifer, who is the big bright spot in that show. Well, I mean, there's a lot of bright spots in that show. That's a fantastic show. But I'm more of a Dexter Amy Garcia. Yeah, I heard she was pretty good in that. Dexter is one of those shows I still haven't had a chance to really watch through. I've seen some stuff, bits and pieces, but haven't been able to really tackle it. That was one of those shows that I... Uh when you start started the capability of being able to binge things, that was one of the things that I binged. Getting DVDs from Netflix. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, I I think I still have a, a Netflix DVD that I checked out a couple of years ago and still haven't sent back yet. <laughs> They're eagerly anticipating the return of that. I'm sure they are. But we've also got Josh Hopkins in this that was in Perfect Storm and G.I. Jane. Uh, Bill Dow. If you ever look up Bill Dow, this guy has been in just so much. Uh, You look at him. I know him mostly from Stargate. But, I mean, if you've watched television in the last three decades, you've seen him at some point. Because he's just been in so many different things. Um, I think he even had, uh, I mean, he's in Legends of the Fall and he was in Supernatural and The Good Doctor and High Castle and X-Files and just tons and tons and tons of stuff. Um, I happen to like him quite a lot. Cool Runnings. Yes. Yes. He was in Cool Runnings too. Um, so I have... The only thing I can really say about this, even though I haven't seen the movie, I know a little bit about the comics because I leafed through them. It's kind of a spy thriller, uh, kind of a premise. So it seems like it's right up my alley. I would love to have seen what they did in 2005 to kind of bring this to life. But uh, yeah, neat stuff. But let's move on to something that we've actually both seen. Tell me more. Well, okay. I lied. We're not going to something we've both seen. We're going to something that I've probably seen. And I'm wagering that you have not seen. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, have you seen The Man Thing? That's going to be a negative. And that's not The Man's Thing. It's The Man Thing. Um, <laughs> I am The Man <laughs> Thing. Yeah. So you're familiar with Swamp Thing. Yes. Yeah, basically the same thing. It's just Marvel. If I remember correctly, they they came out with theirs after the Swamp Thing. Uh, a little, little, little woozy on my memory on that one. But, but the Man Thing doesn't talk. 
Man right. Thing does not talk at all. He's got two big old red eyes and uh, a bunch of grass, and he's drawn to emotion, and his touch will burn you because, you know, if you can't talk, uh, you might as well burn people that you touch. Yeah, get out of here. But uh, the Man Thing, before I start doing weird things to the headphones again, the Man Thing uh, was originally a comic uh, character that was in Savage Tales in 1971 by Gray Morrow and uh, Roy Thomas and Stanley. Um, now, the the movie, this was, I think, another television movie, if I'm, I'm remembering correctly, uh, was directed by Brett Leonard. Now, he has a couple of big movies that he directed under his belt, at least in my mind, in my formative uh, television and movie watching times, right? You got uh, Lawnmower Man. Did you watch that one? And the sequel. Yeah, the sequel. Ooh, that was not amazing. <laughs> Put it nicely, yes. Um, but uh, the original was nice. I mean, it was still early CGI. That film was just, it was doing what it could with what it had, and I think it still worked. I mean, I've, I've always been a big fan of Stephen King, so any adaptation is just great. And I thought they did a good job with that one. I think that was a lot to do with the director. Um and, of course, he did a Highlander television movie. Uh, I loved Highlander. One of my favorite shows and, you know, just a really fun movie. You can't think too too deep on that particular series because it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. But it's fun. Carried a Queen soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was really excellent. Um, but you've got uh, Matthew Lenevez, uh in this particular film who's in Legend of the Seeker. Uh, Rachel Taylor, uh, who was in the Michael Bay Transformer films. Ugh. Uh, but she was also Trish Walker on Jessica Jones. You watched that, right? The first season. <laughs> you're, you're so behind. we got to catch you up. Uh, yeah, there's more important things to watch, like Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty fun one. But i got to say, as much as I disliked... Um, as much as I dislike the Transformers films, uh, she did fantastic in, in the uh, Jessica Jones. I mean, it just couldn't be much better. You got Alex Laughlin from uh, the newer Hawaii Five-0 television show, as well as uh, Whiteout. Uh, Steve Bastoni, who was Soren and Matrix Reloaded. Mm. From that fabulous scene where let's split into two teams and we've got Neo in one. Uh, which mean or not Neo in one, but we've got the main characters in one, uh, which means you know the other team's going to die. <laughs> mm, we'll see what happens with The Matrix 4 coming in 2021. Something like that. The same time that the other one is coming out. And also from Matrix fame, uh, Robert Mamone. Mamone? Mamone? Is it like Spamonte? Um, he was AK in the second and third uh, Matrix films. So mm. if you don't quite know who he is, it's kind of understandable. He's a tertiary character. But uh, the fact that he survived, eh, mm. pretty solid. AK. Yeah. A to the K. A to the... <laughs> something, something, something. Uh, all right. So now here's a chance. Okay. We're going to move to something a little more mainstream. Maybe you've seen this one. How about this? The Crow Wicked Prayer. That's a wicked prayer. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, killing me. Killing me. All right. 
Well, actually, that movie's wicked awful. Yeah, I'm guessing that it probably is. Um, I have to be fair. I've I've not really seen this film. Now, I really want to for a variety of reasons. One, it's about one of my favorite characters in comics. Uh, two, it has a, several actors in it that are just fantastic, and I love to death. Uh, three, the plot to the film is ridiculous and stupid enough that I really want to see it. <laughs> Because, you know, you got to have somebody die to be the crow. And the people that are dying in this were, uh, you know, the, the, the crow was a guy that was on probation. And he was just going to take care of his time. He's on like a reservation or something. And then uh, before he can leave and leave with his girl, brutally murdered. And now he has to take revenge on the group of gang members that created a satanic ritual to try and bring about the end of the world. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? I really I really need to see this because it just sounds terrible um, in a good way. I mean, just, the highlight's Tara Reid, so. Well, uh, you can you can say that. I don't know. The highlight for me really is David Boreanaz, uh, who I love in Angel and Bones. But... Uh, You've got you've got some you got some names in there. I mean, you've got uh, Yuji Okamoto, uh, who was in Karate Kid Two, uh, and Inception, and Pearl Harbor. I mean, not huge roles in the latter two, but uh, he was the main one of the main antagonists in the Karate Kid Two. Um, Marcus Chong, who was also in The Matrix, Reed, Tito about call him Rito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz, please don't hit me. I was going to say, maybe a Rito Tortiz or something. <laughs> but you might know him from some uh, martial arts fame. Uh, Edward Furlong from Terminator 2. And uh, wasn't he also in American History X? Uh, yes, I do believe so. The Younger Brother? Yeah, I, and that film is still in like, my top ten of all time. I'm just amazingly good movies so i did so much you got some tattoos <laughs> and moving on uh danny trejo who is in every movie that has been made in the last 20 years uh macy gray who has been in a couple of albums made in the last 20 years that's, that's true <laughs> danny trejo has been in like what six thousand movies oh yeah he's he's he hard working man but you know he's fun to see um and of course, you got Dennis Hopper as the primary sort of antagonist to the film, which I like Dennis Hopper. I can't help it when I see him. But he's he's one of those actors like, oh, I really like him. And then I'll forget about him immediately after watching whatever it is that he's in. I don't know why it's like that. There are other actors that just kind of stick with me. I need to see more that this guy was in because I love him. Waterworld. And I'll watch him. It's like, man, I really like him in this. I need to watch something else. And then as soon as it's over, ice cream. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah. Total forget. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why that is. But uh, all right. So, okay. I know for sure you've seen the next one. We've gotten through we've gotten through several that a lot of people haven't seen, and uh, you know at least one of those I really want to see. But let's go to one I have seen for sure, and I know you have seen for sure. Right? V for Vendetta. It's oh, v, v. I thought it was V the TV show because I'm like that's that, killer. That, that movie and television show was fantastic. No, V for Vendetta. Oh, boo! Classic British commentary, sort of. Nothing? Yeah. No, the movie's boring. But you saw it. I have seen it, yes. Okay, that's all I'm waiting for. This is something where we can get some back and forth here, right? Yes. Now, are you an Alan Moore fan, like Watchmen and stuff like that? 
Um, I'm not familiar with the comic books whatsoever, um, although I do appreciate the Watchmen. I have yet to watch the Watchmen series on HBO. I hear good things, but that's kind of next on the to watch list. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely want to see what they did with that because I liked the original comics. I thought the movie was okay. Um, it had some problems and I've heard that the television show, uh, strays a bit from the source material. Um, and some people think that it's a good change and some people are less than pleased with it. Um, I bet it's probably fine because I like Alan Moore is one of those writers where I like his stuff in the sense that I like George Lucas's stuff. Mm, So the core idea is fantastic and the general character premises are good. And, and then the execution is just kind of missing something more often than not. Um, uh, yes. He doesn't have the George Lucas dialogue problem. Um, or the George Lucas pocketbook. <laughs> That's true. Um, he does hold grudges, though. So please don't hate me, Mr. Alan Moore. We we love you at, at, here at Everybody Loves Pudding because that's all we have is love and pudding. Um, but uh, no, this is... I actually liked V for Vendetta, both the comic and, and the movie adaptation. I know it's probably a little slow for you, but uh, you've got, like I said, Alan Moore and uh, David Lloyd and Tony Weir uh, from back in, uh, I don't remember when that one came out, truthfully, Uh, but James McTeague, McTeague, James McTeague, uh, who did The Raven as the director. He's done a few other things too, but that's the big thing I know him from. And it's Natalie Portman, man. I love Natalie Portman. He did Ninja Assassin. Right flashy movie yeah with rain that's the name of the actor his name's rain yeah i seem to remember that yeah natalie portman is a big meh for me uh i can't help it i i kind of i kind of love her in most stuff i mean she seems kind of friendly and nice and and I, i like that when that comes through and that i mean i think it'll end up following her around uh for the most part and i think that's why she chose parts like the black swan to Black Swan was uh, that one, that movie. Yeah, I was okay. I didn't mind that movie. Um, her best movie is probably Your Highness. I still haven't seen that one. Nope. Okay. No. Uh, but I liked her in the Thor movies. I thought she had some some pretty decent parts and did a good job with it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you've got, uh, I mean, Hugo Weaving, who is fantastic. Well, you go into Matrix people. It's kind of funny. But uh, I, I like him in about anything that he that he does he's just got this kind of serious gravitas and uh he brings out the best and the people that he works with it feels like well the screenplay for this was done by the wachowski sisters yes (laughs) so there's your there's your matrix connection there's your matrix connection but Uh, didn't he I could be wrong, but he was behind, was he, I mean, I don't know how this works. So so I'm going to relate this to a new TV series that is out right now, The Mandalorian. Right, right. So I'm through seven episodes of this eight episode first season. And the main actor, you never see his face because he has a helmet on the entire time. Sure. Is this 
if I remember right, this is the same for this same, movie yeah, too. Same thing. So one, we don't know. We don't actually know that um, Hugo Weaving is the one performing the stuff on screen. But it's more about his voice. It's about his voice, um, and it's like it's like Darth Vader. You know, we don't see, we don't know who the person. Well, actually, that's not true. We know who the person is, probably very famously so. But like, it's more about the voice that you're getting by James Earl Jones. So it's the same thing with this oh, yeah. particular movie as well. Um, but this movie is still boring. Well, if if you don't like political commentary, you probably won't like the film all that much. But it's got Stephen Ray in it from Crying Game and Interview with a Vampire, and you've got Stephen Fry who is fantastic and everything, and I love seeing him pop up and stuff. Uh, John Hurt, who likewise is just uh, an amazing actor. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty fun watch. It's not something I would want to watch regularly or even maybe more than twice. Uh, But uh, I felt the same way about Watchmen. So, you know, it's it's an Alan Moore thing. Um, Yeah, Watchmen, I can... There are bits of the Watchmen I don't mind going in again. The prison scene. uh, Entertaining to me. It's like you're not. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. <laughs> All right. What about something lighter? I know you've seen this, and I have to. I have to believe you at least enjoyed it a little bit. Uh, we go back to one of the main mainstay Marvel things. Uh, they had the the placeholder movie in what '94. This is the first real attempt at a movie in 2005. We've got Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, nothing blow my mind away, but we're still kind of in the in the realm of comic book movies, right? Yeah. Um, we're still kind of just seeing the light of day when it comes to making a lot of comic book movies. Where this this isn't a Marvel production. This no. is this is a Fox movie. Yeah. Um, Fox production. Fox up until this year actually still owned fantastic four which is what we talked about before in the placeholder right right? to retain the rights they had to do something with it and then this rolled around again and it was time to maintain those rights let's put something on the screen but they did it they did it with the intent to actually release this time and they they put major star power behind it yep now the choice of director was an interesting one uh, being tim story Uh, if you're familiar with the new shaft film uh or think like a man or taxi or barbershop i would not have expected that to be the director for the fantastic four i eh, did a good job i mean it's uh maybe they needed it needed him because of his handling of humor because there's a great deal of humor in the film and it's kind of silly and light. And a lot of the, the humor in his films are kind of like that. I can see that. But um, Ian Griff- Griffold? Grufford. 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 Yeah, something like that. Two Fs. Two Ds. Two Ds. <laughs> so it's two Fs and two Ds. <laughs> or maybe it's Griffood. Uh well, this gentleman I thought was a really good choice for Mr. Fantastic. He had the right look. He had the right temperament. He was able to pull it off, I think, pretty well. 
He's the bombastic Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Something like that. But he was also in Titanic and King Arthur. So I mean he's he's got some mm-hmm. he's got some uh experience uh, on some big films. Uh, of course Jessica Alba uh who I thought did a, a more than passable job for the invisible woman. Um and uh didn't hurt that she was, you know, smoking hot. Still is smoking hot. You know, that's the thing that always gets me about movies. They always it, it, we talk about breaking the suspension of disbelief and, or not not breaking that trying to keep it going but you know everybody in all these movies is just smoking hot so you got a smoking hot Jessica Alba next to a smoking hot Chris Evans and you know he's shirtless I'm pretty sure in this movie right and then you know like a, a chiseled Michael Chilkus and he's not maybe what you would consider your traditional icon but he's you know, chiclets that's what I said didn't it Chicklet, chicklets? Did I say chicklets? You said chilkis. Oh, you know, I, it's just it's one of those evenings, which is every I could evening. see chicklets though. I'll do Michael chicklets. Um, but everybody, you know, is just kind of in that level, and that's often one of the things that will break me out of. It's like no, everybody's too pretty. It's just not. <laughs> that's not how things would be even the people they're running into on the street are pretty what's going on well this is an alternate reality i mean that we're dealing with here yeah um you got julie mcmahon who was uh in nip tuck and charmed he he played the heck out of uh dr doom even if the version of dr doom they gave him wasn't a really very good one yeah they they basically undercut everything that made Doom impressive or awesome and gave him powers he didn't need from the uh, whole event that happened in space. Because it's supposed to happen on their ship when they go up, not on any sort of space station. And Doom was not up there, but in this movie he was, so okay. His face started to turn into metal too. Right, it's just dumb. Uh, but okay, whatever. Uh, well, they they weren't ready to deal with something in the comic books presented on screen in the form of magic. Yeah. Well, I'm, and and it's not his whole power isn't magic, but his his a lot of it is right. Like well, a chunk science the, and magic and all that. It is, but you could have just leaned on the science side of things. I mean, you don't need to go to the magic side just for the first couple movies. See how it goes. He's just a genius with a lot of money that is the head of his own nation state. I mean, come on. What more do you need? That That's enough in and of itself. Uh, Hamish Linklater was in it, who was in the big short. Uh, Kerry Washington as uh, Alicia Masters, uh, the blind girlfriend of the thing, which, you know, says some strange things that uh, if you're made out of rock, you can only get a blind girlfriend. Um, you know, whatever. She was in Django and Chains and Scandal. Scandal was big for her. She's always good. Was this, so this was kind of her, not her breakout, oh, but like no. this was her. She'd been around for a while. Yeah. So, but this is one of the higher profile pieces that she'd had. Um, Working her way up. Uh, Kevin McNulty, who's been in just everything. Um, but uh, I always enjoy seeing him and stuff. Uh, and, of course, the incomparable Maria Menounos. 
who, if you've been to a movie theater any time in the last 10 years and gotten there early enough, you've seen her before the film. Is that a, that's not an AMC thing or is it? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I think it's across the different movie theaters, but. So it's like, it's like a presentation that these people pay for to put in front of their yeah. screens so you got before the movie do. starts. You know, you get little snippets of new television shows that are going to be coming out. You get extended play commercials because that's what everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only do you get the extended play commercials, you get local commercials because you can put up your small business on the big screen and make everybody aware of you. Like the man with the hat in Bloomington, which is another conversation for another day. But uh, the thing that really gets me is whoever puts these things together doesn't pay attention. Uh, multiple times in the last several movies I've seen, the same commercial will play twice in a row. Uh, or the shorter version of the commercial will play after the longer version of the commercial plays. Nice. Uh, they need to get their stuff together. That's just sad. Commercial so nice, they played it twice. All right. Yeah, something like that. But the whole plot of the film was, you know, solid. It was just kind of light. You know, you got your standard origin story, and the main bad guy is the bad guy you would expect. it to be nothing out of the ordinary. I loved the uh, prank bits. Yeah. the uh, That was awesome. Now, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm sure, pretty sure there was a flame on included there in there and yeah. a clobbering time. Yeah, you got the big phrases. Uh, I, I really enjoyed... Uh, the the human torches finding of his powers the first time pretty funny going skiing catches fire lands into some snow that turns into a hot tub so that the uh, attractive young woman he can invite because he now has no clothes in a hot tub in the middle of the snow clever it's entertaining it's just silly and good so all right so we've gotten through the chaff we've gotten through a film that we at least both kind of like and we'll end strong. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with maybe the it's possibly the best film out of this grouping that was in two thousand and five. Um, maybe not the one that I would want to watch the most uh, out of the group, but it definitely ha- had garnered more critical acclaim and more uh, more looks in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, and that is a history of violence. Mm, yes, I enjoyed this movie. Now, that original comic was a um, graphic novel from 97? Yeah, 1997. Uh, John Wagner and Vince Locke. Uh, it stayed pretty true to the comic, if my memory serves. It's been a little while since I read it, and it's been a little while since I've seen this film. But it's grounded. It's not superhero. It's no tights. And unless you knew it was a comic, you would have no clue. I had heard. Now, when I watched it, I, I had, I didn't know it was a comic when I watched it. I only discovered, like, very shortly after I watched it, that it was a comic. Now, remember, this wasn't exactly the internet times where I could pull up my phone and look at everything. We weren't there yet, but still at a time frame where you could get on the internet. Had to log into AOL and log into AOL, maybe you know bring up uh, Netscape and uh, <laughs> search for some stuff. Uh, but yeah, I I I'd known that this was a comic book movie, but not until shortly after I watched it. 
I'm, the thing that really gets me about this film, I mean, there, there's a lot of things. I mean, it starts always with the director for me. You've got uh, David Cronenberg. If you've ever seen The Fly, the original Fly, are you familiar with that film at all? No. All right. So The Fly actually had a couple of incarnations. The original Fly was from 1958, but the one I'm talking about was the 1986 Jeff Goldblum. And it, the pacing of it, it's a sci-fi movie, but the pacing of it is of a suspense thriller. And that's really kind of what a history of violence is in, in some respects. Um, you look at his other stuff. He's got Dead Ringers and Crash. It's got, some, again, similar pacing, similar vibes. Uh, just kind of picked the right, uh, the right guy to do the job, I think. And when you talk about the pacing, right? So he's got a, a sh- shop. Right, right, not a shop, not a, not a shop, a, a diner. Yeah. Right. Family life, living the good life, and something interrupts that, and then you discover, like, oh, man, this dude isn't, like, it takes a turn. You're like, well, I didn't quite expect that. And then it's just like. It gets dark fast. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I see where this is going. And, you know, it. he, he just, it's a tale of two movies in a sense. Not as stark as a turn as some of the other movies we've, no. we've seen, but it still has that 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 turn where it just changes your anticipation, your interpretation of the movie. Well, and Vigo Mortensen did just a fantastic job with the role, and I, I I've liked him in pretty much anything that doesn't have uh, that doesn't have a focus on horse racing. Hidalgo. That that movie was booty. It was not great to me. Uh, now I have to admit I have a bias against most things horse racing. Even actors that I would otherwise like that happen to be in horse racing films, I will fall asleep if you are in a horse racing film. Yeah, there are not too many of those that are too good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there are. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I was rooting for the sandstorm in that one at one point. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so uh, Vigo has one of the best. I mean, he's in a, the Lord of the Rings movies, of course, oh, yeah. but he's got one of the all-time movie scenes, the um, the bathhouse scene from Eastern Promises. Have you seen Eastern Promises? I have not. It's interesting. It's very good. He, <laughs> it's a bathhouse, so he's naked, and he's got to defend himself from people trying to kill him. So, oh, you know, I think I heard something about that, and somebody was talking about it. Uh, not exactly uh, an ringing endorsement to go see it for that reason, but uh, Vigo is good in pretty much everything. So, yes, now that movie is not as good as this movie. No, that's for sure. But well, that scene's pretty incredible. Probably because it doesn't have Ed Harris in it, and this mm, has Ed Harris in it. Ed Harris, he uh, he makes everything better. Um, He's just kind of that that actor that you is maybe not what you go to see the movie for, but when he's there, it's like, oh, so this is going to be a good film. Yeah, he, it's made it. He's made it appreciably better because he's in it. Right, and, and again, we get William Hurt in another film. I mean, just kind of this this crazy cast of of excellent um, actors and actresses. Um, you got Maria Bello, who is in The Cooler and uh, Coyote Ugly. Cooler, one of the quirkier films. William H. Macy, good lord, that was 
so much better than I thought it was going to be. Yes. And she was particularly good in that film, too. Um, uh, Stephen McHattie, uh, who, if you don't know who that is, it's just look him up on IMDb. You will recognize his face. He has been, he's one of those actors that we kind of talk about multiple times that has just been in everything. And uh, it, often it's just not one of those things where, again, you won't go to see him or see the movie because he's in it. But, I mean, things like uh, he was in The Watchmen, actually. Um, he was in, uh, let's see, he was in Z. He was in uh, It Must Be Heaven. Uh, he was in uh, Crown and Anchor. He was in um, The Sound. I mean, just, just tons and tons and tons of stuff. He's got, I, I just, it's really hard to... Uh, it's really hard to believe how much stuff this guy's been in. 214 different uh, credits. I mean, just, and always good. Um, well, okay, that's probably not true. But everything I've seen him in, he's been good. And Keeps it, himself occupied. Greg Brick's in it from uh, Saw 5 and Ad Astra. You know, so, you know, this, this really good cast and this really kind of twisty movie. And even the... It reminds me the shooting quality of the film. That's That was what I was trying to think of. You know, you get a lot of glossy effects on a lot of films. And this film didn't have that. That had kind of more of a, like almost a home movie feel to it. And not, not in the way that it was shot. It's not like somebody had a handy cam. But the color palette that it had was yeah. very much like that. More natural colors and not bright lights and fast pacing and flip between camera shots and stuff like that. Right. Um, if there is a film on this list that you should see that we talked about so far, this is it. Uh, take, take a, take a cue from, from this. We saved it for last for a reason for the first part here. And it's not like it, I don't think this isn't like some two hour or two and a half hour movie. It's like no. an hour and 45 minutes. So it moves at a pretty good pace. You, you're kind of surprised when it's over. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting grouping and we're going to get to the next list that we do. Well, actually I have several that I love to watch that, that are movies that will be, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. I want to get, kind of get past several of these are not really like that, except for maybe a history of violence, but it's never on. So it doesn't really qualify. Mm -hmm. Um, but what do you think? Let us know. We have forums on our website, everybodylovespudding.com, but we're also on Facebook. We're also on Instagram at Real Pudding Guys. We are on the Twitter with at Real Pudding Guys. We are even on Patreon. For only a dollar, you can sponsor us. You can help us get new equipment that we don't know how to use. You can <laughs> you can help us find new people to talk to. That's I, it's not that we don't know how to use it. It's the machines don't know how to work with us. There's That's a, the real problem. There's a learning curve somewhere here, and we just have to figure out where that curve is. But uh, definitely let us know what you think, and we will be having some new stuff pop on on Patreon. We, we are contemplating a handful of new features that will hopefully excite and 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 stir the imagination and create some new stuff for you. But also, we will be expanding our new comic book movie database, the ultimate comic book movie database, sometime here soon. Um, 
and it's going to have even more information and have more customizability. And that's going to have a special version that we're going to offer through Patreon. We're going to keep the main version open. You can uh, use that. It's going to still have all the movies and update as new movies come out and it will have all of that. But we're going to do things like add in television shows and animated features and if you are one of the supporters of the Patreon version, you are going to have input on what will be added into the database and what you want to see. But we'll give you updates on how that is going to adjust. We have a tentative kind of time frame in mind, probably around June is when that's going to really become a thing. But uh, just keep your ears open and keep your eyes glued to our webpage. Also, that is all. <laughs> that's not how you end it you must uh you must try again no no we are out but definitely keep your uh keep your keep your ears tuned to ears tuned keep your ear lids open i like that <laughs>